Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Where Faith Grows. This week, I got to sit down with Erin Port, owner of Simple Purposeful Living. Erin is a wife and mother to four living in a small town in central Iowa. She founded Simple Purposeful Living to help simplify women's lives with purposeful tips and tools and a whole lot of encouragement along the way. Their signature product collection includes a 52-week meal planner. It eliminates the stress of what's for dinner with a simple place to plan meals and create a grocery list that you can easily rip out and take with you to the store. I love this episode because it is packed full of tangible and practical tips for simplifying and creating renewed purpose in your life. Whether you're a busy mom, working gal, or student looking to hone in on a more meaningful routine, you'll find so much takeaway from this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. So here's my chat with the amazing Erin Port. Hi, Erin, and welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. So let listeners in on you just a little bit. Tell them a little about yourself, a little about what you do, and then we'll dive right in. Sounds good. Well, I'm a wife to my husband, Scott. We have been married almost 15 years, and we'll be married 15 years in June. We live in a small town in central Iowa, right outside the capital of Iowa, of Des Moines. Uh, and I have four kids. My oldest is in fifth grade. I have a third grade daughter a pre-K daughter, and our youngest son, Quincy, is going to be four next week. And um, I'm a biological mom and an adoptive mom. Our youngest came home from China in 2019. And so uh, that's a little bit about us. We love to find daily adventure. My favorite thing as a mom is to get out and just do something simple and fun. Um, You know, whether that's just exploring our own neck of the woods, going to a park, getting some ice cream. I just love to have some simple fun with my kids. And I own Simple Purposeful Living, where I help women simplify their lives on purpose so they can make margin for what matters to them. I love your mission. I have followed you for a while. So for everyone listening, if you don't follow her on Instagram, we're going to link all that. Make sure you do. We're going to get into your business a little bit. But also, I love the name Quincy so much. (laughs) So cute. We thought, so since he's, we, uh, we loved the name Quincy. We thought it was like an all American, you know, Quincy Adams name. And, uh, it's important that we honored his, uh, biological roots, but also, uh, his new roots here in the United States. So yeah, we love the name Quincy and we don't know too many Quincy's, so it's pretty unique. It's so cute. I love it so much. And (laughs) I don't, I could get way off topic on this, but I also just realized you said you brought him home in 2019, which means you brought him home and then pandemic immediately (laughs) like the next year. What was that like? So when you adapt, generally the first six months are pretty much like a cocoon, like think about having a new baby, but like on steroids, you know, uh, we had to take care of all of his primary needs. You're really working on that bond. Uh, so I had to do all of that. So 
for six months, we pretty much cocooned. It was like a pre-pandemic, would you say? (laughs) You trained for the pandemic. (laughs) And then we came out of it and the pandemic hit. And so I told Scott, he never got like, you know, you have all these big ideas and dreams. Like he had never had a birthday party before. So of Mm. course we were going to throw him a birthday party. Uh, Didn't happen. I said, he's still not been to the zoo because (laughs) we, the pandemic hit, we couldn't go to the zoo. And so I have all these things that I want to do for him, but his favorite thing to do in all of the world, my parents have a lake house and his favorite thing is pontoon boat, riding on grandma's pontoon boat. He can do that. So we were going to throw him a party this year and he said, no, I want to go on the pontoon boat and have pizza. I said, great. We'll do whatever you want to (laughs) do. Simple pleasure. (laughs) That's right. So you can tell people that you actually trained for the pandemic and you just didn't know you were training for it. That's right. And and in many ways, the adoption prepared me for that season of feeling out of control. uh, And what do you do (laughs) in those moments? Oh, gosh, that's a whole nother episode. We could talk about feeling out of control. But yes, we'll we'll put it in a pit. We'll put a pin in that for now. (laughs) So tell everyone kind of about your upbringing and how you came to know the Lord. So I was uh, born to two amazing parents. I'm the oldest child, quintessential oldest child, the achiever, yes. uh, the praise <laughs> earner. Uh, and then I have a five-year younger sister. So just the two of us. Uh, and my dad's job took us all over the place. So I was born in Iowa, but spent part of my childhood in Lausanne, Switzerland, uh, where I learned wow. to speak French and go to an international school. And then we came back to the United States and lived lots of different places, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York, Tennessee, uh, Chicago, lots of different places. And so uh, my parents made it so that when we went to a new place, they were always the backbone of our family. We had a very tight-knit family. If you've ever been new, you know it's really hard to be new. Uh, So our family got really close. Uh, Some of my favorite memories are spending time with my family. Uh, They got the lake house because it kind of felt like a place to have a home, even though we Mm. didn't have a home base. Uh, So going to the lake feels like home to us, spending time as a family. Um, But as a result of moving so much, we really never got involved in a church. Uh, Mm. My parents kind of had a traditional upbringing, uh, more uh, uh, just traditional based. And so just going on the weekends, we didn't really connect with anybody. Uh, We'd go to church on Easter and Christmas. Um, But like I said, moving really made it hard to to establish a community there. And so- Uh, I went off to college, 9-11 happened. My parents were living in New York. Uh, six weeks later, my aunt was donating blood for uh, 9-11 relief efforts and found out she had terminal leukemia, leaving behind a three and a one-year-old. And Gosh. to say that period of my life had a mark, uh, left a mark, would be an understatement. I, yeah. That was kind <laughs> of when I had this uh, realization that life was fleeting and nobody was guaranteed a certain number of days. And, uh, during that time I really struggled with an eating disorder. And so a lot of things were just coming to a head. Uh, at that time I met my husband by the grace of God, he stuck with me. I tell him he's a good man. What a time I, to meet your husband. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I tell you, I'd sworn off guys. And then he came along and yeah, God knew. That's what happens. Um, but we, of course, dated uh, during college, got engaged, and uh, as part of the requirement to get married in the church we did, we had to go through a premarital counselor. Um, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law uh, were Christians at the time. I didn't realize that, um, but their lifestyle really just spoke to me. There's something different about them, and they mm-hmm. went to a particular denomination, and so I told my husband, I said, well, we have to pick a premarital counselor. Let's just go. 
uh, with that denomination. And so we started attending church, went through premarital counseling and um, the, the pastor, a dear, dear saint, one of like a spiritual father to me, Pastor Larry, uh, brought me to the Lord in premarital counseling um, in April of 2006. So coming on, um, yeah, 15 years of being saved wow. and uh, God really worked in my life from there, kind of healed me from my eating disorder, showed me that I was knit in his image and that I was a beautiful creation and uh, really worked uh, healing in that site out. But uh, so that's a little bit about my spiritual journey. I love it. There's nothing to say. That's just beautiful. Like that is just, that's just beautiful. I love that part of your story. And I love like, I love that you just saw in your brother and sister-in-law, like, oh, I just kind of want to chase after that. Like we kind of talked about that a little bit before we started recording, but I think that's such an effective way for people to come to know Jesus. It's just like, just live your life in a way that is attractive to people. <laughs> I talk about that with my kids all the time. Every day they get out of the car before they go to school, I tell them, be a light. And we yeah. talk a lot about like letting our life just be a testimony uh, for Jesus. I, I think our lives have way more power than uh, we know in pointing people to Christ. And people, I think, notice more than we think that they notice. Like people are paying attention more than we think they are, usually. Yes, <laughs> I agree. So tell us a little bit about Simple Purposeful Living. How did you get into this passion? How did it become a business? Tell us kind of that side of things. So like I said, my aunt passing away really left a mark on my heart. Um, And from that point on, I knew that our life, we didn't have a specific, you know, we couldn't take it for granted. We aren't sure how many years we have to live. And so I wanted to be intentional. And I really started down this uh, path of purposeful living and I was a teacher by trade. I taught uh, first grade and then went into teaching uh, teachers, instructional coaching, helping them refine cool. their teaching practice. Um, but what I was finding is it was taking a lot of time after school in the evening away from my family. And so I decided to resign uh, from that and stay home. But I still had this desire to teach and to serve. Once a teacher, always a teacher. And yes. <laughs> so I had a blog at the time back when blogs were more of a family diary. And I told my husband, he was about ready to go to sleep. All my best ideas come right before he's about ready to go to sleep. He tells me, <laughs> poor guy. But he was like rolling over and I was like, Hey, I think I want to turn the blog into something more. I really have this heart for women and encouraging women. I see so many of them being overwhelmed and they just need somebody to come alongside them and help them and encourage them and give them tactical solutions. And he was sure. like, okay, you should do that. And then he rolled over and went to bed and I couldn't sleep. I was like thinking of all the things uh, that I needed to do and wanted to do. And so from that point on, uh, I kind of developed Simple Purposeful Living and found my way and my voice in helping women. At the core of what Simple Purposeful Living is, I I want people to see me as a friend who's there cheering them on, uh, wanting them to live their best lives, uh, because I know it's, like I said, it's fleeting and I just want, I don't Mm -hmm. want anybody at the end of their life to regret anything. I want them to, uh, to live their life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's probably self-explanatory, simple and purposeful living, but what, just tell us like, what does that mean to you? Like, give us a little more there, I guess. (laughs) So as Christians, I would say we all know we have a purpose, right? God's put us on this earth for our primary purpose, which is to bring others to himself. Uh, And so obviously that's our primary purpose, Uh, but we have other purposes in the home. And, um, and so I want to simplify 
so that we can live out that purpose. And a lot of people yeah. don't even, they might skirt from their purpose. Like, well, what is my purpose? I'm just a mom or I, I'm just at home. Well, we have purposes with our children, yeah. with the people in our influence, um, our neighbors, our friends, we have purpose. And so what often happens though, is we spend so much time managing our lives. Um, (laughs) you know, we all have things that we have to do, laundry, cooking, cleaning, uh, taking care of the house, uh, mowing the lawn, buying clothes for our kids, all of the things, right. And and so what ends up happening is we spend so much time managing our lives. And I, I think that that is something that Satan does. We spend so much time managing our lives. We don't even think about our purpose very often. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, there's four D's of simplifying, uh, on purpose. And number one, it's to declutter, uh, we hear a lot about decluttering, but the purpose of decluttering is really, you are managing things that aren't bringing you value to your life. And so the yeah. purpose of decluttering is to get rid of the stuff that isn't serving you, that you're taking time managing that you don't need to. So that's the first I love that. decluttering. Number two is delegating. Uh, I have four kids. I have learned, I cannot do it all. There is a lie we have been fed when we look on the internet and look to our sisters in Christ that we think everybody else is doing it all. And that is not true. Uh, <laughs> they <but> are not, <laughs> they are not. Uh, but I have learned the fine art of delegating. There are a few mm. things that only I can do. Like there are just a few things that only Aaron can do. Like I am the only one that wants can tuck in my kids at night and give them a kiss. Like that, that's the only, that's only I can do that. Right. But putting away the laundry, my kids could do that. Sure. Picking up, you know, putting the dishes in the dishwasher, my kids can do that. That it does not fall on my shoulders. So delegating and accepting help. I tell people you would never deny a hug from a friend. That is their way of loving and helping you. You do not deny the gift of accepting help. That's another way of somebody giving mm. you a warm hug. Oh, yeah. uh, and then and then another way to simplify, okay, this is going to sound weird, but do it. What is the thing that's rattling around in your brain? We spend so much of our brain time thinking about the things that we should do rather than doing them. And so, hmm. uh, you know, is it? have you been thinking about doing the laundry all day long? Just do it. It takes, our brain is such a fickle thing that our brain tells us we have to spend, it's going to take 20 minutes to do a, a task when it's only going to take five. And so, yeah. um, even the tangible practical tip of setting a timer for 20 minutes and see what you can get done, just getting those things out of our brain and doing it helps us to simplify our lives. And then the last thing is a daily rhythm. Uh, kids, I, I taught in the classroom. I spent a lot of time establishing daily rhythms. The more that we can just do the same thing every day, it's the less brain power. It simplifies our life. So we get up at the same time. We make our coffee. We read our Bible. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to wonder where are we going to fit it in. It's a daily rhythm. It's just part of our lives. We are creatures of routine and habit. And so those daily rhythms help us to simplify. So declutter, delegate, do it, and daily rhythms um, are ways to simplify your life. I... That is so tangible and so perfect. I just like, I literally found myself wanting to like write it down. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to be able to listen back to this. You are a good teacher because I'm like, oh, I got to take notes on this. (laughs) But I love what you said about decluttering, especially. I feel like, yes, how much mental energy do we put into things that like, why do I even still have that? Like, I have to maintain this thing that like, I don't even want And then the other thing you're saying that made me think was like, I think for me especially, I don't know if this is just my personality type, but I find myself being like, oh, I have to do all this stuff. Like someone's going to be handing out like a 
metal at the end. It's like, oh, I have to do all of the cleaning. I have to do all of the cooking. I have to do the stuff for my podcast and for my blog. And I have to make sure I take care of my child and be the best parent I can be. And someone's going to hand me a trophy at the end. <laughs> and the reality is they're not. <laughs> no one's handing out trophies for doing it all. So I love that. So a couple of years ago, my husband and I had a conversation about that because he would want to help, you know, vacuum or clean up the dishes. And I yeah. took it as I'm failing. He thinks I'm failing. Mm. And so yeah. I finally said something to him and he goes, no, I just know how much you're doing around the house. I want to help you enlighten your load. And so yeah. oftentimes it's a perspective shift. So many women feel that way. Like if some, if I ask for help, I'm failing. And that's not true. That's not true. Uh, it just helps you. I posted a quote the other day asking, accepting help doesn't mean you're failing. It means you're not alone. I saw that. And I was like, yes, I love that. We were made for community. God wants us to, you know, to help, but, and the more that we get okay with asking for help and accepting help, the easier it becomes. And there'll be a season that you want to reach out and help. Uh, yeah. There always is. And it might not look the same as somebody's offer of help for you, but God isn't keeping a score of, oh, well, she asked for help twice and she only offered help once. That's not how God works. There's seasons for <laughs> there's both, not a ledger. right? There's a season for planting and there's a season for, uh, for um, uh, taking out. I'm totally blanking, yeah. but you know no, what I mean? Y- there's a yes. season for everything. <laughs> I'm from Iowa. I should know these things. <laughs> Yeah, come on. And this is growing things. Uh, I'm yes. a killer of all things plants, so just don't. I kill every plant I get, so I can't be relied on for that. But I, it's like in Christianity, we're so attuned to this idea that we find our lives when we lay it down. You know, you give mm-hmm. you give it all to God, and He will give back. And yet we, for some reason, don't think that that applies to our everyday living as well. Like, God doesn't try to make it confusing. Like, it's usually pretty standard. If the rule fits for this, it fits for this. Uh, I just think that's funny. I I think as women, we think, well, God has so many other things to worry about. I don't want to worry him about this. But that's not how God works, right? He doesn't work that way. He's there ready to listen to you. And he has ample time and energy for every single one of us. Yeah. Uh, We're kind of already getting into this question, so I feel like we've covered about half of it at this point. But what, as Christian women, what do you think is the most challenging for, like, aiming for this sort of simple, purposeful living? Like, what's the biggest roadblock we face? So I thought of two. Number one, comparison. Uh, When Mm. it's really easy as Christian women to look around and see other Christian women and all they're doing, right? And you think, okay, they're here and I'm only here. And Satan uses that to defeat us, to keep us from doing our purpose. Because, you know, if it's not this grand gesture or if it's not just like everybody else, then it's not worthy. And that's not how God works, right? Uh, We, he needs all people, all parts of the body to do his will and his purpose. Uh, But comparison is a huge thief of that. And then the other one is, I think oftentimes as women, you've already touched on it, but it's all or nothing. Like if I can't do it all really well, then I'm not going to do any of it. And we oftentimes, (laughs) you know, even with the simplifying thing, I always hesitate and I'll get to this later kind of as we wrap up. But what often happens is we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, well, my life Mm. isn't working right now. So I'm going to just scrap it all and start over 
and do it all. And what often happens is we get overwhelmed, we get defeated, and we just, we spin our wheels. We don't get anywhere. Uh, And so I would caution people, don't compare yourself to others. First of all, we're all on different paths. Uh, I became a Christian later in life. And so I remember there was a time where I didn't know a single book of the Bible. I didn't know the Old Testament. I didn't know the New Testament. I knew nothing. Um, (laughs) But God has been gracious in my journey in teaching me that. Uh, And now I have women behind me. I just had a woman the other day. She's like, how do you know that in the Bible? I said, over time, God has taught me. Um, But there's a beauty in it's a good thing we're not all the same, right? Because we can learn from each other. So don't let comparison be the thief from community and from and growing in the purpose that God designs from you. Well, and I also think our comparison is usually not in founded in reality. Like we mm-hmm. look at what we see on social media or we look at what someone is presenting and we think, oh, like they're doing it all. They're probably not. <laughs> like we were saying earlier, they're probably not doing it all. <laughs> it just seems like they are. <laughs> And I always tell people there are things that just aren't shared on the internet because it's personal, yeah. private, or not their story to share. And so we sure. can't assume that we know everything that's going on because sometimes there's just things that are going on behind the scenes um, that people don't share. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And we're already kind of tying in like the tangible, simple, purposeful living to our faith, simple, purposeful living. So that's exactly where we're headed. But kind of specifically, like how does living this concept of simple and purposeful living, how does it impact your faith? My goal as I share simple tools and techniques as as we're decluttering, as we're delegating, as we're doing, as we're doing these daily rhythms is really to make margin. The goal of simple living isn't simple living in and of itself. It's simple, simplifying your life so you have time for what matters for you Mm. and to live out those priorities in your life. If we're managing all of these things then we're not spending time in God's word. We're not spending time in community in a Bible study. We're not spending time going to church. So my goal with Simple Purposeful Living is to help women simplify so they can do those things to make margin uh, in in their lives. It narrows the focus. It helps us to really hone in on what are my priorities and making those priorities happen. I'm new to my community. We moved in September. Moving in a pandemic is not easy to meet people (laughs) because um, for for obvious reasons. Sure. Uh, but when my my church decided to host a Bible study, I decided to go. I was going to purposefully go to make connections, to make margin in my life to go and to do those things because I knew it mattered. Uh, and I had the space to do that. I made the space to do that. Right. And so I, I think when we live simple and purposeful, we know what matters. Uh, And that's different for everybody, but we should know what matters in our life. Like, is it faith? Is it family? What is it that matters? And is my life reflecting that currently? Oftentimes when people feel overwhelmed, they're not doing the things that matter to them. They're not spending time with their family or it's not looking the way that they want to. And so really helping to peel back the layers and say, okay, then how can I simplify so that I can do that? Oh, yeah, that's so true. And when we feel like we're drowning in all the things, you know, that don't matter, it it is hard to tease apart like, okay, what actually even would fill my cup? I know I've been in that instance before where like Mm -hmm. I just have so much on my stupid list that it's like I don't even – I don't think I could even answer that question of like, well, what is important? Like what Mm -hmm. would fill that cup for me? And that's that's sometimes like not super straightforward if we feel like we're overwhelmed. (laughs) I, I oftentimes tell women, like, I am a to-do girl. I have a to-do list. 
Um, but don't die to the to-do list. I had a woman the other day say, I can't come to Bible study today because my to-do list is too long. And, and I, I just encouraged her. I said, sometimes what I find is if I step away from the to-do list and I go and I, I fill my cup, what come, I come back refreshed and ready to take that on. And oftentimes what happens is I can whip through that way faster because now I'm refreshed. I've stepped away yeah. uh, from that. You know, it's just like when our kids get frustrated with their, like my son is a huge Lego guy and sometimes he'll get frustrated with something and I'm like, step away, take a breath, refresh, and then come back with fresh eyes. And I'm telling you, it is the simplest technique, but it works every single time rather than spinning your wheels and mm. trying harder Go and be refreshed and come back. Yeah. I love that. If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago, and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately, I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types, and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. Sometimes I find I'm also a to-do list person and sometimes I find myself putting things on my to-do list just to like cross it off. When I was a new mom, I put shower on the to-do list because I was like, I at least I showered today. I'm 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 a bed maker, right? And so for many years, like, Oh, bed made. At least that got crossed. Did it? Yep. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I will literally put like play outside with Henry. That's my son. I'll literally put play outside with Henry on my to-do list because otherwise I'll be out there playing with him and I'll be like, I'm getting nothing done on my list. I'm getting nothing done on my list. And sometimes it's even just that like mental focus of being like, no, this is important. This is mm-hmm. on my list. I'm doing it. And it helps. And sometimes women think, oh, like, don't put that on your to-do list. But here's the thing. I like to put things like that on my to-do list because I want my day to reflect my priorities. And if that's yeah. a priority and we don't put it on the calendar, it might never happen. And I'm getting right. ahead of myself a little bit. Um, that's but <laughs> I do priority goals. So, mm-hmm. you know, what is my faith goal for the month? What is my friendship goal? What is my family goal? My marriage goal? This month I put on a date night. I put it down on paper And I wanted to accomplish a date night in the month of uh, April. What often happens is these things we want to do, 
but we don't write them down. We don't hold ourselves accountable. We get to an end of the other month and we think, darn it, I didn't do it. And so I love what you did there where you put it on the calendar. You said, this is a priority to me and I'm going to make it happen. I think that's really important and such a simple, simple tip and technique. Yeah. I feel like when we live by the list, no matter how long the list is, it will fill our day. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I love that you're even putting like, oh, these are my priorities for this month because then it's like, almost like your your brain says there is time for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the psychology you'll, behind that, but. You'll make margin for it. It's that yes. whole like, right? I will Love simplify that. other areas of my life so that I can make margin for this. But if you don't know what those priorities are, there's not a purpose in simplifying. So I always tell people you right. have to know your purpose. Oh, Yeah. I, yes, I I feel like I say, I'm saying I love that a lot, but I am. (laughs) I love everything you're saying. It's so helpful and it's so tangible. And that's like what I love about it is it's not like just ethereal, like, you know, it's very like, just do this. (laughs) So how do you feel like this concept has specifically impacted your life? So, uh, one of the things, uh, I, I tell my kids all the time, uh, when you are Christian, God will increasingly ask you to step out in faith. And one of the things that God really put on my heart. So we had three biological children. Our last daughter was very high risk. Our doctor could not say that it was going to be any different in the future. And so we decided for my health and the health of future babies, just to be done having children biologically. Uh, so we thought our family was complete. And then I felt a God tug on my heart with adoption and uh, purposeful living, right? Like what is my purpose here on earth? What if, what is the, what is God going to do with this one life that he's given me? Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was saying you need to adopt. Uh, but the funny thing in marriage is God might be speaking to you, but not to your spouse. And so I told <laughs> God, Hey, I think we should adopt. And he was like, uh, uh-uh, nope, I'm, I'm good. And so long story short, it took him 18 months of God really speaking to his heart. And the first year he didn't pray and he will openly admit, I'm, I always feel like I'm throwing him under the bus, but we've shared our story together many times and I'm not throwing him under the bus. But he said for the first year, he did not pray because he knew God's heart on the subject of adoption. Like God is for He didn't adoption. want him to tell him. <laughs> so he knew if he prayed what was going to happen. And yes. so he finally decided that we should step out in faith. And I think that the thing people... When, when you see other people step out in faith, you think they must not be scared. They, right. they must just have this incredible faith. And what I found is, I'm guessing Moses and Joshua and David, they were probably scared out of their ever-loving mind. I was they scared were probably terrified. out of my <laughs> ever-loving mind when we went to China. Like I remember walking out that hotel door to go get our son, and I literally felt like my legs were jello. Like, I don't know if I can walk. I am so scared. Um, I can't but, imagine. <laughs> But what I have found is God will meet you there. And the story that really meant so much to me in our adoption journey was when the Israelites, after 40 years, were finally crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. And, you know, this was our adoption story. Like 25 months in the making, we had been in this adoption journey. And now we're going to step forward in faith and cross this Jordan River uh, into the promised land. And God, of course, was like, guess what? It's flooded. Like, why? You know, it's... I was like, why is it flooded? Like, why is it so hard at this point? Yeah. Shouldn't it be easy? And and God was saying, hey, put your foot out, step out in faith, and I will part the seas. And that's exactly what God did for the Israelites. And that's exactly what he does for us. But he's going to call us to step forward in faith. It's that faith that we have to have to say, I trust you, God. 
I trust mm. you with my life. I trust you with this experience. Um, and we flex. I tell my kids this all the time. We flex the fear muscle. The fear is a muscle and we have to flex it. And the more that we flex it, the easier it gets because the more that we see God show up, God yeah. has revealed himself to us and revealed that he's been faithful to us. Um, and so I would say this purposeful living, uh, just wa- walking in obedience to Christ, at doing, listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, what is he prompting me to do in my life? Am I willing to step forward in faith and trust uh, that he will do the next right thing in my life? Uh, and he has, he's been faithful. And I would say if you're struggling with like, okay, God is calling me to this, but I am scared out of my mind. Uh, something that Joshua did with the Israelites when they crossed the Jordan River was they picked up all these stones and God said, put a, you know, make a monument. And this will be a reminder of my faithfulness to you. And so I always tell women, write down all the ways God has been faithful in the Bible, in your life, in other people's lives, that will help you to step forward in faith in that purposeful living in your life. Um, and so I have a list of just all of the stones of faithfulness that God has given yeah. me, and it has grown my faith. Uh, you know, we don't want to grow our faith on our own. We like to be comfortable, uh, but God yes. wants to refine <laughs> us and grow us. Yeah. And so stepping forward in faith. I I just interviewed somebody. Her episode is coming out this week, actually. And her she does something similar, but she has like a prayer journal where she writes down all her prayers, but then she leaves a column for when she like writes down how that prayer was answered and what date. And she uses that as like her stones of remembrance kind of thing. And she was like, you know, sometimes the answer is not what I want it to be. But even just being able to have something tangible to look at and say, there, there is always an answer on the other side is faith building. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying. I just think that's so powerful to our lives. And, and to think the things, if I hadn't stepped forward in faith, like my faith, people always tell me Quincy's the lucky one. And I said, nope, I'm the lucky one to have to have Quincy in my life because he renovated my faith. He's deepened mm. my faith. He's broadened my faith, made me um, aware of the injustices and the uh, sufferings of the world that I just didn't even see out my window. I mean, there's so much more out there that God, that God really showed me through Quincy um, yeah. that really changed who I am and the trajectory of my life going forward. Yeah. Uh, adoption is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> I I have always like kind of had a heart towards adoption. I don't know if that will be a part of our story, but I love all adoption stories. My dad is actually a pro-life public speaker. So we are all like entrenched in that universe. And it is just like, it's so beautiful to see. It's, I think in a lot of ways, adoption is so God's design because Mm -hmm. we are all adopted. (laughs) So I just love that. I love, I thought of that. Like when we were going over to Quincy, like to get Quincy in China, he didn't ask for it. He didn't just like, there's nothing that he did. We chose to go get him. And that's what Christ did for us on the cross. Like we yeah. didn't do anything. We didn't deserve it. We, he just came and he got us and he rescued us. And, um, and so I just love the, how much the adoption story has really made the gospel so yes. vivid in my life. Yeah, because, I mean, really, it should only be Jesus, right? Like, he's the only one, but he's uh, he allowed us all to be a part, and it's just like, it's it so perfectly mirrors modern-day adoption. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I also loved when you said God meets you when you step out in faith, and I want to talk about 
briefly kind of how that relates to living purposefully. So like, how can we, as just normal average Christian women who are very overwhelmed, how can we work harder to do that? I hear women all the time say, I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped. Yes. And I think that that is real easy for us to use as an excuse to not step forward in faith. Um, But I remind them, like, look at who God used in the Bible. He used Moses, (laughs) who killed somebody. He used David, who was the runt of the litter. He used Bathsheba and all these people that shouldn't have been, uh, you know, the people he chose, but he chose them and he equipped them. And so I always say, like, if you are willing to say yes, God will meet you there and he will equip you. And it's not your own uh, strength. It's not relying on yourself. It's relying on God. And, uh, yeah. that's the thing about for me walking through the adoption journey, there were so many times where I didn't know, and it was hard. And, uh, the bonding process was really jif- difficult at first. Um, and I, I couldn't do it on my own and God met me there. And there's beauty in that. Like the, if we didn't step forward in faith and live our lives on purpose, we would miss God meeting us there. And our yeah. faith would be so much more shallow. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of the yes. <laughs> so, yes. It's so when just, people say I'm not equipped, I'm like, well, guess what? I know an equipper. His name is God. <laughs> yeah. So you can't use that as an excuse anymore. <laughs> I know. I think it's easy to feel like, I think more for me sometimes than feeling equipped, it's also that feeling of like, I don't feel like I'm worthy of this. Like, mm. I don't feel like I'm worthy of what's on the other side. And so... I think that's also like a constant battle and a constant reminder of like, no, you are very uniquely chosen to do something amazing in this world. So it's just a matter of, are you going to say yes? And that's really all God <laughs> didn't have God didn't have to include us, like you said, but he wanted to. And yeah. uh, I, I suffered from an eating disorder. So I fully understand uh, that to the core of my body. Like, am I worthy? Like, uh, and what I yeah. have found, like a tactical solution that I have been doing lately is repeating who I am in Christ. Like, what is mm. my identity in Christ? I am chosen. I am loved. I'm his inheritance. All of those things. Ephesians 1, if you go look at Ephesians 1 and read that, um, there's so much about who we are in Christ uh, yeah. that really will help us to know that he loves us so, so deeply. Just yes. <laughs> Nothing else to say there. <laughs> okay, so I have like a fun thing I like to drop up with, but before we get to that, um, what are just some tangible steps to leave women with who are still hanging on and listening with us <laughs> who want to live more purposefully and simply, but they just need like a jumping off point? What are just some quick things like you can start this today? I would say, what is a pain point in your life? Is it getting the kids out of the school, getting kids out the door for the school? Can you put a shoebox by the back door? What is a simple change that will make that routine not feel so hard anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always talk about a lot on my social media channels. What can you do to that your future self will thank you for? Uh, is that loading the dishwasher at night so that in the morning your kids can unload it and you can load dishes throughout the day? It's oftentimes the simplest changes that make the biggest thing. I would caution women. I don't want women to leave this podcast episode and say, I've got to go change my whole life. That's right. not what I want you to <laughs> Complete do. I want overhaul. You to, no, <laughs> like if I, if that's what you do, then I have not done my job. But my, <laughs> my goal for you is to, to look at those four D's. Is there something I need to declutter? Am I managing mm-hmm. something that's no longer serving me? Can I delegate something that I don't have to do? 
Do I need to just do something that's weighing on my brain that I just need to say, okay, be done with it? Or is it that last thing? Like, is there a daily rhythm that I need to get into so that it, I, that it just comes naturally to me? Yeah. I would look at one of those four areas and say, okay, start small. Um, it could be, it take, you know, just start really small. I told my community, like I wanted to lift weights and the world would tell you, you have to lift weights 45 minutes, five days a week. And that's the only way you're going to lift weights. And I said, no, I'm going to lift weights five minutes after my walk. I'm going to lift because I knew it was manageable. So keep it really simple. And then you can build off of that because once you find success, the momentum takes care of itself from there. So I would say start small, start simple, something that's bringing you pain in your life that you can um, just make a simple tweak and then go from there. Yes. And I think it must have been you that posted about this because you're the only account that I follow that like talks about simple, purposeful living. But I feel like at some point you posted something about the 15 to 20 minute timer. I cannot remember when. I started doing that. I can so attest because for me, my son is a toddler and he is newly into trains and cars, which means our whole house is trains and cars. And so it was just like so mentally weighing on me that like, I mean, I was finding that like I couldn't even like read my Bible or do faith things because I was like, I just can't do this when I know my house is a mess and there's trains all over the floor. So I started setting a 15-minute timer every day. And I don't do it all. Most of the time, I don't even like accomplish half the house. But I just say like, this is my tidy time, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just going to pick up the toys, put them in a basket, maybe start a load of laundry. Whatever can happen in this 15 minutes, I'm going to do that. And it has been so successful for me that I find that I'm spending more than that cleaning. Because for some reason, it has opened up more time. (laughs) But it's so effective for me. Yes. Setting a timer. Like I said, that whole doing it, our brain tells us it's going to take so much longer than it actually does. And yes, we do like a five minute tidy at the end of every day at our home because I want to, and I I tell people it's not just tidying to tidy. It's preparing our homes as a blank slate for tomorrow's adventure. You're just, you're doing something for your future self. You're saying, okay, I'm going to prepare this space for its next job for you that's reading your Bible. I'm the same way. I can't, our brain, physical clutter adds to brain clutter. So if we can eliminate some of that, then it's easier for us to focus on something else. So I love what you said there. And it's so simple. So good job. It is. It is so simple. And it has been, uh, thank you for that tip because it's, it is so simple, but it's just something that I let build up in my mind, like, oh, my house is just going to be covered in toys. And it's like, no, it really doesn't have to be. I can spend 15 minutes a day. And it just, it does declutter your mind. It's so effective at decluttering the mind. For me, I literally like can't focus on anything else if I'm sitting here thinking like there's a bowl in the living room Mm -hmm. (laughs) that needs to go in the kitchen. It just is very bothersome. And I love what you also said too about it's not your whole house. I think it's really important to know what your non-negotiables are. So for me, it's my main living space, my basement. We clean that once a week, but my main living space is like my do or die. That has to be cleaned because that will help eliminate brain clutter. So just knowing what your non-negotiables are. And again, it doesn't have to be everything. What is, what is the one space or the two spaces that are going to make Uh, your brain clutter and the physical clutter just a lot better. Yeah, 
I love that. And I think your tips are so, that's one thing I love about your page. So again, we're going to link that, but people, (laughs) you've got to be following her because I feel like you do that so well is everything, most things you post are not like just this lofty, like mental experience. It's like, just do this. And I think that is so needed, so needed. So I love that. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Any last words before we jump into just something fun really fast? I just want to encourage your listeners uh, that that they are so dearly loved. They have such immense value. They are loved by the king. Uh, Sometimes we can get down on ourselves. We're not where we want to be. But the potter is not done wielding his pot. And so we can continue to learn. We can continue to grow. We can learn from others. Um, But you have an immense value. You have a voice. You have a story that is meant to be shared with the world. And I'm just so grateful that I can speak into your lives in some simple way so that God can use you in the way that he desires to use you. Uh, Perfect wrap up. Just going to jump right into the next part. (laughs) So I end this way every single time. It gives me such insight into things that I don't need but want to buy. (laughs) Tell me three things you love right now. They don't have to be related to faith, but they can be. Just And they don't even have to be tangible. Just literally things you love right now. So I sell it. So that's a little bit embarrassing, but my meal planner, I I tell people like the number one thing I hear from women is meal, like mealtime, the dreaded what's for dinner. Uh, And so taking 20 minutes at the beginning of the week and planning out your meals and they don't have to be complicated. It does not have to be fancy to feed your family. So my meal planner, uh, I use that every week. I sketch out what I'm going to have for the week, make my grocery list, order my groceries online. And it's taken care of for the week. It saves me so much time and stress. And so of course that's number one. Number two. So I told you a little bit that I joined a Bible study to make community, um, but God had other plans. I'm doing the Elijah Bible study by Priscilla Shire. I'm telling you, it's like the Holy Spirit is just digging into my soul. I just bought that one and I haven't done it yet. It is so good. So good about building your faith. And there's just so many things um, that God has just revealed to me that I was holding on to or believing some lies that aren't truth. It's, it's excellent. And I think it's really easy. Her whole goal with Elijah is we see these biblical characters as like these high and mighty, powerful people, but they're ordinary people that God used in extraordinary ways, but they took a journey of faith, purposeful journey of faith with God. Uh, and that's made the difference in their life. So I would definitely recommend that. And then, of course, my last one is a weekly planner. We kind of alluded to this. Yes. Um, but what matters to you, you need to write it down. That's how it's going to happen. So if playing with your children is important to you, write it down. If going on a date night with your husband is important, write it down. My weekly planner uh, is I spend some time at the beginning of every week planning it out. And what are my weekly goals? What do I want to make sure that I include? Because you don't want to get to the end of the week and think, you know, the the best day to do something is tomorrow, but make it today, make it today. <laughs> yeah. You know, we only get one life. We have to live it on purpose. And if my aunt's untimely death taught me anything, it's that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And so don't put off the things that matter to you uh, for another day. Do them today. I love it. And also, yes, shameless plug for your meal planner. You need to buy it, everyone out there, because my biggest thing is not even just planning it out. It's that I think about what I want to make during the week, and then I buy the groceries, and then somehow that just gets, like, lost in the shuffle, and everything goes bad (laughs) in my fridge, and that is the most 
frustrating experience. And talk about feeling like you wasted. Like, tangibly, that is just, it feels so wasteful. But I found that, like, meal planning like that, it it saves us money. It saves us time. Mm-hmm. And it just saves mental energy and waste. So, yes, love, 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 love. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is a delight. And I am just so grateful for the platform that you have and in inviting people to the table. Hopefully this encourages people and lets them know, A, they're not alone, and B, they've yes. got this. Yeah, you can start small. Start now. <laughs> it doesn't have to be big. The simplest things make the biggest difference in life. And it, it's it's manageable, so you can do it today. thank you so much for everything you shared in today's episode. I feel like I now have so many tangible action steps I can take away from that chat to make my own life more simple and purposeful. I loved when Aaron talked about using simple and purposeful living as a way to spend less time on the things that are frivolous to us and more time on the things that matter and are so important in our lives. As women, it can be easy to die by our to-do list and forget about what truly matters. I know for me anyway, I now want to sit down and write out my major priorities for any given week, and sometimes that's simply just to play with my son in the backyard and make sure those things are featured on my own list moving forward. I also loved when Aaron said, we don't have to overhaul our whole lives. Let's all just look for ways to start simple, start small, and start today. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. At Where Faith Grows, we are rooted in faith and flourishing in creativity. If you're a crafty lady like me, don't forget to check out my blog and social media pages where I'm always posting crafting inspiration, free SVG files, and tutorials. Also, if you love the show, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Even better, if you really love Where Faith Grows, the absolute best thing you can do for us is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This will help other people who love Where Faith Grows find us easier and be inspired in their faith, too. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble. And show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.